Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. LeFondre looking to get side of Fon. LeFondre away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Empire Rules podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. I'm Alex, your host, here to talk through Reading 2, Shrewsbury 3. Joining me today, Matthew Lansley. How are you today, Matt? I'm um, glad that we don't have to play Shrewsbury again this season. Yeah, I'm not sure I can watch another game where we lose 2-3 to Shrewsbury. Um, and also joining me is Eric, fresh off a night of blue collar. Eric, how are you this morning? Yeah, feeling good. Enjoyed the uh, food and drinks at blue collar last night. So, yeah, happy with that, which was a consolation after the terrible result. Yeah, wasn't really the result everybody was expecting. I think a lot of people going into yesterday were quite optimistic and, uh, you know, looking forward to the game, which over the last few years, it's been a rarity that people have had that kind of feeling, I think. So it's probably apt that Reading managed to conspire to lose in such strange fashion yesterday, really. We made one change yesterday, Eric, with Charlie Savage coming back in for Michael Craig. And these two are definitely on a you know, rotation policy at this point, aren't they? Yeah, it seems to be the way. They, they seem to rotate in and out. And actually, is there that much difference in performance between the two of them? I'm not sure either. They, they're quite similar in a way. And I'm sure we'll get on to actually Ben Elliott replaced Savage in the second half and look quite good. So there might be a third option there as well going forward. Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily like a performance level, but I think there's definitely a tactical difference when they when they're diff- when they're swapped in and out, Matt. Um, although the level isn't, you know, significantly different, we do seem to play a little bit differently, I think, when one of them is in and one of them is out. Between Elliot and Savage? Between, between Elliot, uh, between Savage and Craig. Savage and, oh, yes, sorry. Um, yeah, you know, and, well, Craig's much more of a defensive enforcer, isn't he? I think Savage has done that job a little bit better of late. And I guess that's kind of why he's got his way back into the team, right? I think Savage, um, he picks the ball up, he carries it a bit more. Him and Elliot are very similar um, when Elliot came on in the second half, I thought. But I just feel Savage is a bit more positive. 
with, with with the ball. He's got a bit more quality. He's kind of a, a, a player I'd rather start with against a team like Shrewsbury, you know, um, because we could probably open up and do a bit more going forwards with with Savage in the team. Well, that's what I feel like anyway when when he starts. When I look at the two of them, that's that's how I kind of kind of see both of them. Yeah, I kind of can see definitely see a point there with uh, with Savage. He's, he should provide us a little bit more going forwards um, than Craig. And against a team like Shrewsbury at home, that's kind of the tactical you know game plan that you're looking for. Um, of course, the tactics kind of thrown out the window because we conceded three minutes in. Before we conceded, though, I think we probably had a really good opportunity to to get an early goal, Eric. Um, but the ball got played just completely in the wrong direction. Nibs picks the ball up on the halfway line. And I think it would have been like a three-on-one for us. I think it was Smith, Aziz, and uh, Smith, Aziz, and, and Kelvin on the left. And uh, Nibs picks out Smith when he's kind of just played completely the wrong pass. If he plays it to the right into the centre, um, the Reading would have been through on goal. And that was after about 60 seconds. And that was really kind of like a, a precursor to what the rest of the first half was going to be like. Yeah, it was a, a wild start, right? You're on a high thinking, yeah, we're looking promising. And then all of a sudden, you've got two goals down. It's the worst start I can remember in a long time. And I think we just got caught cold, really. It was uh, absolutely shocking. And yeah, if it, a bit more composure in that first 60 seconds, and it could have been a very different story. But then obviously, that leads to a couple of goals and then and then you're struggling. Yeah, and the first goal comes from Shrewsbury's first attack, basically. I think they they win the corner, what is it, two, two and a half minutes in. And and it, it's a very reminiscent of, uh, you know, Beckham to Skulls back in the day, Matt, this goal. Um, and now I've watched it back and I think, you know, we can definitely come on to the subject of David Button here because I can't decide, if I'm honest, on these goals, whether I should be blaming Button or whether I should be saying, oh, that's come off somebody and it's been deflected. Um, I really have, I've watched it back like four times and I'm really not sure if it's been deflected or not because if it hasn't been deflected, his position... You think this first shot has been deflected? It, the, definitely... There is no chance this first shot has been deflected. Um, like the, the version, the, the the view I've seen from behind the goal, it looks like it has been, but the view from the highlights doesn't no look like at all. There's, there's there's not a chance that this shot is deflected and there's not a chance that this this should be going in it's it's just yeah that like i i mean fair play for being able to volley it and put it on target but kind of as 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 we well know put a shot on target against reading fc and you probably got a 50 50 chance of it going in like you know it's yeah i i would say beckham to skulls if uh, if 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 it had gone top corner but it it just shouldn't be going in this goal it really shouldn't it's not a ferocious shot, is it? It's more like no, a, he directs it at goal. And it just feels like all around, the defenders have to be more switched on. And then David Button should make that save, in my opinion. That first goal was a shocker. And it's after three minutes. And you're thinking, what what on earth has just happened? <laughs> uh, yeah, in my opinion, it, it should have been saved. It just ruins the first... The, like, like your, your start and the game plan, conceding after three minutes and conceding like that after three minutes you know um it puts you on the back foot straight away doesn't it it's it's just shocking absolutely shocking the issue comes of course is that you'd like you get to the point of uh being one nil down 
after three minutes and your game plan is kind of out of the window, I think. Um, but you can see, you still feel like Reading are going to get opportunities there because the game felt very, very open. However, I think it took less than two minutes for Shrewsbury to find their second goal, Eric. And this one isn't really... Um, this one really isn't much to, to compliment anybody about because it was just... It's just a mess defensively. Um, I think Mengwe gets caught out with a man running in behind him. Binden gets, you know, just done too easily on the, you know, on the inside the box. And then David Button's given so much space at his near post that it's a really easy finish for the Shrewsbury player in the end, actually. Yeah, it was just it was just a frantic mess, wasn't it? Like it it almost feels like after the first goal our defenders were then panicking a little bit. And and Benge does have that streak in him where he can be a little bit reckless. And he kind of wins a tackle, but he doesn't do anything with it and still loses the ball somehow. Um, and then, yeah, Vinden gets turned inside a little bit too easy. He doesn't show his man down the line. Because if you show him down the line and then the, def- the attacker has a, a shot on his weaker foot potentially, whereas he's allowed to turn inside and then completely, you know, is out of the picture. And then David Button leaves a gaping hole at his near post. I don't think it's all on David Button, but perhaps his positioning could have been a little bit better. Um, but it's, it's definitely more on the defence, that one. That's definitely my my takeaway from all three of the goals, is that I think arguably the first one, like it, it just should be saved, whether it's been deflected or not. Um, but he, you can tell he's been caught flat-footed on it because he's had to try and move his feet at the very last second. Yeah. I don't mean the second one, he really covers himself and like positionally he's not done yeah. well. And again, he's caught, caught so and I think all three of those goals, he's caught flat-footed, David Button. Yeah. He's not on his toes and ready to react. I, I, I watched the first goal back um, from the angle that, that you just sent from behind the goal, and it just it's just not good goalkeeping. And the second one, yes, of course, he's got a one-on-one from not very far out, but he leaves a massive hole on the, on the near post. And again, he's flat-footed, so... Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate, isn't it? <laughs> it's not, there's not much, not much to be said. Go on, Matt. The second one, he just like 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 ultimately, it's a one on one, but he could not have made it easier for 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 them to score. He might as well have just stepped away and just said, "Go on, score," with 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 where he positioned himself. You know, yeah. bad defending from Binden, but I mean, positionally, I mean, where on earth he must have thought he was on the moon or something at that point. <laughs> Yeah, so we're 2 0 down after five minutes. I've definitely seen better starts for Reading. I'll be well, honest. Can you, can you remember a worse start in I'm a struggling. game? Man United at home in the FA Cup is the only one which really springs to mind. Um, in the, what was it like 2007, 2008? And we were 2 0 down. Was it 2 0 or 3 0 down? Um, and I think they hit the bar as well very early on. Was that the one that finished 4 3? I think it finished 3-2 or 4-3, yeah. Solskjaer, was it Solskjaer that scored? I can't remember. Got some oh, yeah. vague yeah. memory. Either asking, way. Asking way too yeah. much of me there. But yeah, it's been a yeah. long time since we've but gone Either way, we've all, we've all supported the club 20, well, 15 to 20 years. And it's very hard to pick out a worse start, even when we were playing really elite sides, not Shrewsbury Town. <laughs> and it's just the worst start we've had in the game for a long time. And I'm, I'm wondering if, we got a little bit complacent. We're thinking home game. They're on a bad run. We should beat them. And it was like a cold shower. 
I'll be honest, I definitely had that going into the game because I thought there's no way that we'll, you know, concede more. Like, if we concede today, we'll concede one. We you thought it was came into be... that game. Yeah, I had similar feelings to the Port Vale and the Charlton game where it felt like it was almost automatic. Like, we are favourites, we're at home, we're on a good run, we've been playing well in January and we should win. And it just didn't happen. It's a good reminder for us that we're probably not as good as we actually think we are sometimes. We are uh, in League One at the end of the day. We are, we are a League One side and we are in the bottom 10 still. We're not not absolutely walking the league. Um yeah, the, the game, once we go 2-0 down, it was strange because we went 2-0 down and despite that, it didn't feel like the game was necessarily over at that point, Matt. I I, I mean, we did score obviously quite soon after that, but it, the game was so open um, and Reading got forward so easily. The, the, the one thing I noticed yesterday is how much space they were giving Sam Smith. Um, whenever the ball came into him, he was able to kind of like move away from the centre-back and, you know, flip the ball around or move the ball quite easily. And it was one of the games, the one of the games in the most, you know, the last couple of months where I feel like Sam Smith has really been not involved as such because he's been involved in a lot of games, but it feels like he's actually had a lot of the ball come into him, into his feet as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it was... It was nice to see because he's had a frustrating run of late. Um, and I think you saw kind of what what he can do when given the space. I don't know whether or not it was maybe a tactic from Shrewsbury, you know, maybe just being a bit bit more um, defensively sound or if teams before have pretty much gone man-to-man on him. Either way, he's got so much more space. And I mean, it, a lot of it was in behind as well. Um, and, it, and it wasn't just Smith. It was it was Aziz. It was Ia Bishman behind their fullbacks and everything. They had a lot of space. So I don't know whether or not it was just a, a way that Shrewsbury Town are looking to play under Paul Hurst. I know um, doing 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 the preview, like um, they wanted to obviously do um, a lot more kind of football, um, you know, play more football. But um, it's hard to judge that whether or not it was just Reading, you know, attacking, creating very well, or kind of Shrewsbury, like I say, drop, dropping dropping too far. But it was nice to see Sam Smith kind of getting that freedom, being in the game, um, and also. Um, and he broke know, his drought as well, Matt. He did. It's been yeah, a little while, hasn't it? I don't know. I can't actually remember what his last goal was, but I think it might have been the Oxford game before Christmas. Peterborough. No, Peterborough away. Oh, Peterborough on Boxing Day. Yeah. Mm. So it's been a, yeah. been a while since he's got a goal. So, mm. you know, it was good to he's see him needed finally to get that goal. on the back of the net. He's needed to get it for some time, yeah. you know. It's, because it's, there's, it's there's a decent, decent goal as well, isn't it? It is. It's a very good goal. And kind of, there's been a number of times, I mean, even against Port Vale in the week. Um, you know, that 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 one which um, ended up being rebounded for Nibs to score. He probably should have scored that. Like, you know, it, it took a very good block on the line. It wasn't even the keeper that saved it in the week. It was a block on the line. Um, you know, he's just been getting very kind of, I guess you could say, unfortunate with some of the some of the chances. You had that one at Stevenage that was blocked on the line. Um, a number of the own goals that that, that 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 we've scored this year, you know, he probably would have tapped in if it wasn't for the own goals. You know, he finally gets finally gets that goal kind of what was it 10 10 minutes i think um and like as as you say kind of before then though and kind of one, once he scored that you you really thought reading could still score two three four goals in this game um you know because it was just one of those games it was just like shrewsbury weren't really offering that much reading were pressing really really well in that first half as well they they i heard people after the game saying that you know oh they didn't they didn't run they didn't try that first half i've not seen reading kind of press that high and that fast for quite some time as they did kind of in that first half. It, it was, 
maybe a bit too frenetic. Yeah, I'm not having this. Every time we lose, someone says they didn't try and they didn't run. Like it's got to stop. It's rubbish. Yeah, it's it's nonsense. Rubbish. nonsense. They try every week. They're not. Mm. They're not not trying. No. And that like like rewatch that first half, and especially like you know when, when we were two nil down, two one down. I mean, the speed of which they were pressing was was crazy. Like I say, it was probably a bit too frenetic, maybe because it left spaces behind. You know, you had Yeardham sometimes coming up playing right wing. Um, you know, and Mola doing doing similar. But, but yeah, it was good anyway to get get back in so quickly, and it kind of um, lined up really. I guess what the rest of the first half was going to be we, like. We've seen enough uh, Reading teams over the years not play for the manager and to stop trying. This team is playing for the manager. This team is actually playing quite well, especially since the turn of the year. There's no way they weren't trying. That's that's absolute nonsense. So let's squash that one right now. We won't have any more talk of that um, unless things change. We did create, I mean, as Matt said, it was kind of, it set up the rest of the first half, um, that, that goal. And, and really, it was all one-way traffic, I think, after the first Reading goal. There's the, the one, there's two big moments, I think, which we we'll should probably go into before the equaliser. And one of them is Kelvin goes through on goal, Eric. Um, it ends up one-on-one -on -one just having beaten the defender. Yeah. Is there an argument here that he, he should go down? Because I feel like, if he goes down, because he's definitely pulled back by the defender just outside the penalty box, if he goes down, I think it's a red card. Yeah. It's yeah. He it's, kind it's, of tries to stay on his feet and doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really come to anything. Yeah. It's it's decision making, isn't it? You you could argue that he should go down, but you also don't want your player to dive. And he, you want him to try and stay up and score because he thinks he can. But then once he does stay up, he also has the opportunity to square the ball, which he doesn't. And the shot comes to nothing. If he squares the ball, there's also a chance of, of a goal. And yeah, if he goes down, it's going to be a very different game. So Kelvin, we've seen sometimes, right? His decision making can be a little bit questionable, um, and his end product can be a little bit questionable. But he obviously did then get a goal a bit later on. I think yeah. it was that old thing of being too honest, wasn't it? Um, you know, um, yeah. Kelvin with that one, he was trying to be too honest, and kind of as you've been too honest, the ref kind of thinks, "Oh, it's fine." You know, he's not touched him. You know. The, the, I mean, to be honest, the more frustrating thing for me there was the fact that he hasn't squared it to Smith afterwards. Because if he squares it to Smith, I think it, Smith's got a tap in. It's a tap in, yeah. I guess it's the problem with having a striker out on the wing, right? Kind of that that striker's instinct, that that you know that striker selfishness, whatever you want to call it. You know, I guess maybe sometimes kicks in. Um, you know, Smith has it, Eobishman has it, but that's because they're they're both naturally number nines, right? It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. 
They have tons of innovative products, like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Yeah, and... Unfortunately, I think there's I think there was one other moment in the first half where Smith picks the ball up outside the area and you think, Oh, you've definitely got an opportunity to shoot. And that was the one time I wanted him to really like be selfish and shoot, and he's ended up laying it off to uh off to the left hand side out to Kelvin. And I just thought, oh, it's just the decision making just is is just not there sometimes. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Um, if you look at the first half, we were very dominant, but we only had two shots on target and both went in. So yeah. as much as you as much as you can say we we played quite well. We only also had one shot on on target in the second half, so we only had three shots on target all game. And if you do that, you just can't win. Um, I think Shrewsbury had five shots on target, three went in. So as much as we were dominant, we, I think we had sixty seven percent of possession across the game. We've just not created enough. I mean, when you go when you when you go two 0 down after five minutes, you're going to have a lot more. You're going to have more shots, and you're going to have more of the ball because the team is the other team is going to sit there and just let you do it. It's just the kind of the way of the game, way the game plays out, isn't it? I just think. couldn't break them down. Yeah, and shots on target are key, right? We had 14 shots, only three on target. So need to get that shooting practice in if they want to do better. I think when you um, you come to the 40th minute, Matt, and this goal I think is is actually quite fortunate, really, because it's a huge, you know, huge deflection from uh, from Kelvin's shot, but it does go in, thankfully. Um, we get the equaliser after 40 minutes. And I think it was kind of deserved at this point um, because I don't think Shrewsbury had really, really done much since then. And mm. as we kind of said, it was one-way traffic from, from from the second goal, essentially, for 40 minutes. Um, so to get the goal was good. It was, you know, it was a good um, good piece of control from Kelvin. He got it just inside the area and then uh, put it onto his right foot. Mm-hmm. But it's it's flicked up off the Shrewsbury player and kind of looped up into the far corner away from the goalkeeper. Great bit of play as well from Lewis Wing and Smith as well to kind of fashion it. Wing having the ball kind of on the defensive back line, fizzing a ball um, on the ground up to Smith who kind of flicks it around the corner, gets wiped out by by the defender. I think it might have been Dunkley or the um, number six that came on um, in that first half. But it was really nice bit of play to kind of fashion the chance. Nibs, good pass to Ia Bishman. It was fortunate, though, you know, kind of get, getting the deflection. But kind of you say that it was kind of deserved. I think it was fully deserved for that first half because it was just fully one-way traffic. You know, I think yesterday, I guess you could say that we struggled maybe with that final pass. But, I mean, you know, when you've controlled the game as much as we did kind of that first half, it, it felt at the time like a, like it was a situation of when, not if, you know, we were going to score. Yeah, I, I agree definitely. Um, on the on the subject, by the way, the the number six you mentioned, you came on, um, and that really it felt so much like that changed the game, um, despite the fact that we equalised because it, the 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 guy who came on the number six played 
completely differently to how the defender who was Martin Smith prior mm. to that was playing. Um, yeah. He didn't let Smith really have much of it at all after that. However, the first half an hour, Smith had everything against the defender. So that that injury after half an hour, it, you know, although we equalised, I felt like it really changed the the kind of the style of of how Shrewsbury were trying to defend after that. Um, it also it slowed a, the half down as well a bit because when that yeah, when that break happened, the game up. yeah. Um, and at the time, I was like, "Yep, yeah, Stephanie, tactical, you know, tactical go down there to slow the game down." And then he's obviously like limped his limped his way off the field forty five yards. So. You know, didn't... Ah, play acting. <laughs> um, I mean, Shrewsbury, as soon as we scored, Shrewsbury decided that actually that wasn't really kind of like what their game plan was. And they decided to go back on the front foot pretty much straight away, actually, Eric, after they, you know, conceded the equaliser. Um, it took a few minutes, but once we got into injury time, uh, Shrewsbury got a couple of corners. And then the second corner, I think they had um, cleared out from an initial header from, from Reading and uh, this the defending on this really frustrates me um you have three people who all dash towards the ball when it's out wide and all of them just leave a, a passing lane open ball comes back into the center and he's got so much time that the, the player here i think it's is it bloxham um, he's got so much time to kind of set himself to hit this and don't get me wrong this is a really good strike like it, it it's a fantastic shot um but when you've been left with that much like space on the edge of the box to kind of set yourself it's not it's not great is it um no and i, it, I think actually Bloxham had quite a good game um he he was a force on that right hand side i don't know if he's a number nine or not he looks like quite a big winger if he's a winger but he um he had enough time to make a cup of tea and come back and then still put it in the top corner. It was just awful defending. And again, David Button a bit flat-footed. I'd say out of the three goals, this is the one where David Button has the least blame. But he still looks a bit flat-footed as the shot comes in. But with that much time and space, even in League One, you'd expect a player to put it in the top corner, which is what he did. It was awful from a, a defensive point of view all around. And it's frustrating because we've got, got it back to 2-2. You're thinking... Just hold on to the, to the half time now because Shrewsbury did start playing again at 2 2. Um, and then you leave one of their players with all the time in the world, and uh, yeah, it's just I mean, awful all round and a bit of a gut punch before the half time. I think if we'd have held on to half time, you'd expect us to go out in the second half and win, but that just took the wind out of our sails. And you could you could see at half time the players look quite deflated, yeah. I mean, that, all three that, of us, Aziz Savage and Nibs, who chase out to the wing to try and you know close the ball down here. It's just bad defending. That's where the goal comes from. That is where the goal comes from. Those three, yeah. like there's, there's there's no blame on anyone else. Like I'm I'm not even going to sit here and try and say that David Button should be saving that. There's just that, no that, awareness. There's no awareness as to what what's going on around them at all. It's mainly Savage, right? As the midfielder, yeah. as the centre midfielder, yeah. you'd expect that him to Savage be... should be on the Savage should be sitting left there because because in essence, when when that pass comes through. There's no one actually on the left-hand like defensive line now to actually close that down. No one actually is going to be closing that player down within like two, three seconds. Like, and when you've got a player on the edge of the box with that much time, you know, like you can't really be expecting anything else. You know, um, I just the, the 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 three of them just dashing out. Like when you watch it back, the more you watch it back, it's it gets worse and worse. The more you more you it's watch it, just football that like. 
you know, yeah. to all to ask, yeah. dash out and try and do the same thing there. The, it's my, um, I had a, I had a friend sit with me um, at the game, and as the ball's left his foot, he's gone. That's in. <laughs> you could you could tell as soon as the ball left his foot, it was in the top corner. It was just so obvious, and with that amount of time, that's what you expect, right? And I think we have to take the the rough with the smooth, right? We're in League One. That was proper League One defending, if not worse. And we've had some games recently where we've 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 not expected to win, and we've snuck a result. Yesterday was okay, back down to earth. We are in League One. We are in the bottom ten. We're still fighting for survival, and it was just one of those games. I will say I did blame David Button when I saw this go in to begin with because I didn't really consider the fact that the defending was so bad. But having seen it back, the defending is pretty awful. I don't think Button's positioning is that good for this goal still. And, um, and again, flat-footed. He looks flat-footed. He doesn't. Jump. I just think he gets. I think he's too far, too far forwards, and he's as you yeah. say, flat-footed. Because actually, I don't think he's got any chance to try and reposition himself here. But no. having said that, I don't really feel like the blame can be on him here. It's no, just frustrating to, to watch us concede yet another long-range goal. I, I, I genuinely have lost count as to how I many think, it's been. I think all three goals have a similar theme where we don't want to blame Button, but he definitely isn't blameless in any of them. It's not necessarily his fault. The first one, definitely, you think. But even so, the first one, you'd want our defenders to close down a bit better. They've allowed a volley from outside the area, from a corner. That ball's travelled miles. And all three goals have a similar theme for me. It's it's not entirely Button's fault, but he could do better on all three of them. Ultimately, though, we finished that first half and Shrewsbury have had an XG of what it was about 0.4 or something. And they've scored three goals. Like, you know, there, there, there's 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 no way that Shrewsbury or well that you can allow a team that, that that's, you know, not really produced any like shots of note or chance of note to be three three goals up or score three goals. You, yeah. you just can't let that happen. And, you know, when, when, when you look at two, two of the goals, the first goal, so much space in the edge of the box. Yes, it's a bloody good good connection to, you know, be able to volley it like, like Shipley did. Um, but, you know, it still shouldn't be going in. We've discussed that. Third one, the defending, you're leaving someone again with acres of space on the edge of the box. You know, you, you just cannot be doing that you know, at this level, like, I guess, you know, the first one's a bit more excusable on the defense. Cause I guess you can't really account for somebody volleying it so sweetly and a keeper doing what he did. But the, but the third one is just that, that the third one is almost the most infuriating one for me. Um, the, the third one is the most infuriating because as Eric said, if you go in a two, two at half time, I think the game is completely game. different, isn't it? In the second Definitely. half. Yeah. They've worked so hard to get back from two nil down. They've got themselves to two, two. And then it doesn't matter, basically, because you've ended up going in behind anyway at half-time. And then the second half, it's a proper lower football league performance by an away team. They were kicking lumps out of Lewis Wing. They were doing a lot of fouling, a lot of time-wasting, keeping it tight, um, not allowing us. Again, we had one shot on target in the second half, and I think we were completely disrupted by by actually Shrewsbury playing, playing quite well from a keeping it tight point of view. I would love to have asked Paul Warren a question not Paul Warren, sorry, um, Paul Hurst, Hurst, a question after after the game of, like, what 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 was with all those late challenges on on Lewis Wing, because there 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 was something in that. There really like I I the amount of challenges that went in late on Lewis Wing that second half. He's at like if he if he's not actually injured for the next game, I'm gonna say he's actually really lucky 
because he must have had at least four or five really dirty, really late challenges on him that second half. Like they've, they've and... targeted our best player. He's our best player in the middle of the park, and they've said, "Leave one in on him. Make sure that he knows there's a game." And he, but they, he... but but but, but they, they, there's a difference between doing that and trying to injure a player. I feel, and there's 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 a line there, and there's a line between being streetwise and being physical, and a line between that and being outright dirty. And personally, I feel that they crossed that line yesterday. Um, you know, because Wing could have been injured on a number of occasions yesterday with some of those tackles, because some of them were really, really not nice. Um, yeah. And you also saw Bowman. Bowman up front was throwing his elbows around and and really trying to assert his physicality. I think that it was quite a dirty second half, really. And it showed by they had a bunch of bookings. I mean, they as did you say, Eric, but, as you say, Derek, the, the second half was a very kind of lower league away team performance when they're ahead. They were happy yeah. to happy to slow the game down, happy to basically disrupt the game however they could, and yeah, and it worked. I think ultimately, the referee kind of just let them get away with it. We, me and Paul were talking during the game. We said the referee won't do anything about the time wasting. It, it was obvious time wasting, like multiple times. It's obvious time wasting. He, he completely lost referee control. Wasn't of the game. About time wasting until the end yeah. of the game, and it, even then, it would have been the eighty eighth minute and. He didn't know anything in, in, in the end anyway. So not only that, Alex, but he, he he completely lost control of the game. The referee in the second half, he even gave I a foul while sat on his ass. You know, in the last he, ten minutes or so, yeah, it became a bit of a joke. Um, yeah, I don't think he was that bad up until about yeah seventy five minutes or so. But the last ten or fifteen minutes were a bit of a piss take. Really. Control, and you know, you 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 actually got to give Shrewsby a bit of credit here, right? They. They, they've been paid back. They're low on confidence away from home against a team that's in form. They've really disrupted us in the second half. They've only allowed one shot on target, which was Aziz, which arguably could have gone in as well. And and they've held out for the win. So actually credit to Shrewsbury as well. And I know that Matt said that they targeted wing, but but they got the result. So they won't they won't mind. Yeah, like like you know, they they did what they needed to do at the end of the day. But personally, like I kind of feel like, you know, going in and trying to injure a player which it certainly looked like at times that they were trying to do with wing that that that's a line that shouldn't be crossed you know um like like there's being streetwise tacticals pulling players back disrupting the game that's one thing but going in incredibly late high foots like you know and and the ref like like you say the ref wasn't good up and or, 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 or like was okay up to about 75 minutes I, I i disagree with that because the amount of tackles that went in lewis wing before then was was crazy. He he didn't have any control of that second half at all. And all those tackles, like most of them that, that they got away with, you know, there were so many little niggly ones, little steps on toes and stuff, steps on the foot and that. I, I think there, there, there was even one da- down the back of Lewis Wing's calf at one point. And, and, and you just think for for one minute, like like just like just stop the game here and just have a word. Because otherwise you're not protecting the players that you're you're refereeing here. And that's before you get onto you know the time wasting issue, which he just did nothing to manage in that game. It was yeah, it, it like it's just really frustrating to watch a referee just let that unfold. You know, streetwise is one thing, like trying to disrupt a game is another thing. But some of the antics in that second half were just dirty from from from, from that Shrewsbury team. You know, and personally, well, I think your that. <laughs> no, but like like I said, I just I think they crossed a the line there, you know. And I, I'm yeah. all for a bit of dirtiness or, 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 or like well, a bit of street wiseness, <laughs> you know, and a bit of shit house free. I'm all for that. 
but there's a line between that and and dirty talking of lines we remain five points clear of the relegation zone at the minute Cheltenham only drew on Friday night Port Vale lost again yesterday Fleetwood drew Charlton drew at home to Portsmouth um, in fact the only team in the bottom half to win yesterday was Shrewsbury so I think things could have been worse let's be honest here Eric um, yeah. there's the five teams now all, all on the same amount of points we've got a reasonably good goal difference compared to you know three of them um, yeah. you know uh, it's not the end of the world yesterday when when you look back over the last month or so and we've picked up a win at Stevenage which would have been unexpected we've beaten Derby which was unexpected we're probably doing better than we could have asked for had we looked back yeah, a, a, a month ago so I don't think yesterday is the end of the world and the next three games that we've got coming up Carlisle away next week which now becomes much bigger because of yesterday's loss um Wickham at home and Cambridge at home we've got three games against teams in the bottom half all in the bottom 10 in fact and all of them really are winnable games how many points do you think we'll be able to pick up in those three yeah, I think next three games, nine points. That's that's what I'm going for. I think we can win all three. Um, I spoke to a, a Cambridge fan yesterday who said they were absolutely woeful. And he said that he was not optimistic of them coming to Reading. Uh, Carlisle have lost, I think, eight games in a row. And Wickham at home, it's a bit of a, a local one, obviously. And I think we have a, we have a chance with our home form. So I, I think we have a chance for nine out of nine. And if we do that, then, then we should be safe. Obviously... I'll be proven massively wrong now when we lose all three, but, but but I'm going for three wins out of three. How about you, Matt? Carlisle losing eight on the bounce just fills me with dread. I'm not going to lie. Just inevitable. It's just inevitable. Carlisle are going to beat us one nil next week. I'm it's, sorry. And, and, <laughs> and like I'm sure every other team, like for the last like three or four games that have played Carlisle, are probably thinking exactly the same as us. You know, oh, they've lost four on the bounce, they lost five, they lost six, but now it's it's just got to eight, and you just think they've got to win at some point, and you know, a trip, a 300 mile or 600 mile round trip. Uh, it's just, oh God. I, I, I'm... Which we're all doing together, by the way. Looking forward to that one, chaps. Yeah, the, the way back might be a bit shit if we've lost, though. If I'm honest, but let's stay I'm positive. Sure that they will be good fun anyway. <laughs> I think <laughs> we'll get seven. I think we'll, I think we'll draw one of the home games, personally. Um, mm. Maybe we'll draw next week instead, but I think we'll get seven. If we... If we can get seven points from those three and we, we end up on 45 plus mm. and we still we still got we'll still have eight games left and it's I gonna think, be yeah it's gonna be difficult it's going down after that isn't it i was just gonna say the, the important ones really are wickham and cambridge because they're in and around us so if you yep. take points off the teams around you that's when it the, the effect multiplies and that's look at shrewsbury if we'd have won yesterday it'd be six points now we're um now we're on it together so i think that cambridge one though could be really interesting because obviously there's a time between now it's probably five games for them between now and when we play them you know who they're going to get in as manager who knows because obviously you know they've lost um uh neil harris who went to went to millwall it could be anyone who comes in and kind of like like manages them by the time we get to them but you know take take care of 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 the dinner that's on your plate and you know you don't really need to look at other teams around you i think this team's got more than enough quality to beat carlisle wickham and cambridge i just need to go out and prove it and just uh, just show it you know start with a good win at carlisle next week you know and then bounce on from there yeah a week off is is certainly not a bad thing at the moment uh after yesterday's loss what was it seven games in 21 days i think was it was, was yeah it was yeah. a, it was a lot 
very quick turnaround those last few last month basically um yeah yesterday it wasn't good it's not the end of the world you know things are things are still things are still in our own hands so like let's not overreact and panic too much just yet um the last thing i'd like to say is that i thought the atmosphere yesterday despite going two nil down in the first five minutes was really good especially from especially yeah it really yeah, was. I thought the atmosphere was great, and it didn't feel like the the crowd um, were. It didn't feel like we were two 0 down. Put it that way, we just carried on singing, carried on singing. I thought that was really good to see. So that was nice. It really got behind the players yesterday. You know, I think you know the players gave their rallying call. I think the fans delivered. Um, you know, it was just a shame that it couldn't get the result to kind of um, kind of match it. Really. Last thing before we sign off. For the uh for the rest of the weekend is I did get a message from somebody asking for a shout out and don't normally do shout outs on here but they messaged and asked nicely so i thought why this not one deserves so, it though. yeah uh alex in western australia who apparently is listening to us multiple times a week with his uh with his girlfriend becky whilst they're traveling and they've been listening for a year continuously whilst traveling in different very countries good. V- very impressed in different um, countries, yeah, or have they just been traveling around Australia? No, I think they've been traveling around different countries. So yeah, yeah Alex from Bracknell and Becky from well, well I assume Bracknell as well. Good Top job for keep listening. Thank you very much. Uh, everybody else who's been listening in, thank you very much as well. Please drop us a five star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Really appreciate it. We'll be back before the Carlisle game with a preview of that. Um, please don't let Carlisle be the ones who finally get finally beat us and pick up three points because that will be a just a horribly long journey home otherwise uh we'll be back yeah with the preview and then back next weekend with a review of that carlisle game until then up the dig